Support for the PCTA Fire podcast comes exclusively from listeners like yourself. If you appreciate the work we're doing, please show your support by sharing the podcast on social media and leaving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast streaming service. Thanks once again for tuning in. And without any more delay, let's start the show. Hello, my name is Jose M. Consuegra, and I'm a chemistry teacher at a public high school. I am sticking with my union because despite of all the issues that my union may have, it's really important that I show up and show out for my coworkers so that way we can build a better and stronger union together because that's really what it's all about. It's about us and looking out for one another. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Brennan Pickett. I'm the PCTA Fire co-chair and FDA director. I am Dr. Anna Margiata. I am an AP chemistry teacher at St. Pete High School. I'm Philip Belcastro and I am also PCTA Fire co-chair for now. Hi, I'm Ramsey Aziz. I'm formerly an AP psychology teacher and an AP European history teacher. I also teach world history. And we are here uh, since the school year has started. We have been in the classroom for two days now. Welcome back, guys. Um, long summer. And we're here to kind of fill in the gaps about where we are in this profession because a lot of things have developed over the summer. Mm-hmm. A lot very, of things. Personally, true. politically. Um, overall, <laughs> like, my summer was good. Uh, since I started mid-year, um, you know, I wasn't making money uh, because I wasn't on the 12-month plan. So June was great. I was traveling. July was rough. But, you know, I'm here. And... I'm excited to be back in the classroom. I'm super happy to be back in the classroom. But today I just got very negative news, which wasn't unexpected, but I'm very disappointed. Uh, And it was only like an hour ago that I got this news. So I'm kind of like right now in recovery mode. So for some context, um, there was a lot of bills passed by the DeSantis administration and the legislature. Um, One of these bills was about gender. Yes. Right. uh, On gender identity and teaching gender identity in the classroom. So for those, you know, who don't know, uh, AP psychology covers a multitude of topics. And it's not just, you know, basic boring concepts, but it it goes into every or really the most foundational uh, units in psychology. Now, in college courses, you know, this might be a more specialized course. Many college courses will teach, you know, depending on the professor, they'll teach their specific form of psychology. But with AP, a benefit to it is that you get a a general overview of all forms of psychology. And one form is the the human development and social psychology, uh, which covers gender identity. Now, the Florida laws that have been uh, implemented recently have really stamped down on teaching anything about sexual orientation or gender identity in the classroom. So I'm gonna just read the statement that College Board just released uh, within the last hour. And this is regarding AP Psychology and Florida. We are sad to have learned that today, the Florida Department of Education has effectively banned AP Psychology in the state by instructing Florida superintendents that teaching foundational content on sexual orientation and gender identity is illegal under state law. The state has said districts are free to teach AP psychology only if it excludes any mention of these essential topics. 
As we shared in June, we cannot modify AP psychology in response to regulations that would censor college level standards for credit, placement, and career readiness. Our policy remains unchanged. Any course that censors required course content cannot be labeled AP or advanced placement, and the AP psychology designation cannot be utilized on student transcripts. Wow. Yeah. This in African-American history for the listeners, right? African-American history, AP was also yeah. banned in Florida. Also banned in Florida, according to not approved state standards. Yep. So this is what's happening, everyone. Um, we have a governor in this state who is just taking away opportunities for students to learn, taking away students' opportunities to express themselves, learn about themselves, and possibly take this stuff to college and be successful people later in life. It's just so frustrating to think about, like, our state is just saying to this entity, uh, no, you change. We'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing the thing as long as you don't do that one specific thing. Like, obviously, they won't want those kids to take the AP exam. Like, obviously, because one, like those students would be at a disadvantage because they are not taught that material. But also, like, they get data from these tests all the time. They don't want to skew their own data in that way, you know, like... It's just like so bold for our state to do. And it's so frustrating because like the AP standards are chosen such that if you pass the class, you get college credit. Like it is college board setting their standards. They are making these tests, but it is based upon like this agreed upon set of like things that are taught at the university level at different universities all around the country. This is not just random professors coming together, but no, it's the American Psychological Association, college professors, and teachers. Teachers who are well-versed in the subject. Teachers who have been teaching the subject for many years. They all come together. My instructor during my AP Summer Institute training was a teacher from Illinois who's been teaching this since basically it started in like the 1990s since this course has been offered he's a professional and he doesn't have to deal with these sorts of limitations you know he's free to teach the content as necessary as established by the ap organization and so i just feel so defeated in a sense because i'm passionate about the topic my my background is in politics and philosophy but a lot of what I studied was psychology or, you know, psychological ideas um, within philosophy. Yes, I'll be able to teach a very similar course, Ace Psychology. I'm just so angry because my students have become disenfranchised. They've lost the ability to take an important course, one that helped develop me as an individual. I took this back in 20, like what, 2014, 2015, 2016, somewhere around that time period when I was in high school when I was a freshman in high school. And this was one of the most important classes that guided me to what classes I was gonna take in college. And it really developed my interest in philosophy. So I just, I'm so upset by this. And as this is really pushing me away from the career. The kids who would have passed the test were like taking money out of their hands, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like they would have gotten that college credit and they're gonna have to pay for it later. So I, I'm the only ACE teacher at the table, but I, I don't know about ACE psych. Um, I've heard different things from people who've graduated from like full ACE programs, because our school doesn't have the whole ACE like battery of classes. Like right now, uh, teacher coach trainer Joey has got ACE Marine bio, which I don't know what that looks like, but the way I always explain ACE is it kind of rides that line between AP and IB. It still is a college level course. 
It's yeah. not from College Board, who, you know, for listeners of the podcast, know we kind of feel like they're like a cartel also. Like, they kind of own everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Ace is a different thing. So it's more more than likely your kids will be getting college credit. It may not be the exact same because, like, my kids don't get an English credit. They've arranged it with the district for whatever reason that they get an elective credit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you find out what they're going to be credited as? I have no idea because they're probably just- getting something. So. They- the, the thing is, like, it's still a college-level class. It still has college-level rigor. Like, ace isn't baloney. But you are right about it's weird that this one particular state, this one particular governor's administration is like hardline, no, you have to change for us. And, and they are wrong. And right. it's like they are not. And I like I know I say nothing is real, but it's be, <laughs> it is because they have such rigid, like rigid beliefs. And it is because right. they think their truth is the only truth that they're saying, no, you're wrong. But the silly thing is with the such rigid beliefs that this like very small handful of politicians in Tallahassee are like, you know, trying to extort college board at this point is that because ACE is a primarily international, primarily European based, and also you have more flexibility, there's not like the same type of handbook that AP has, is you can kind of put whatever you want in it. And that's the cool thing. So like when I had, when I was going through the handbook that's for teachers, because the students don't really get one, like there is an ACE general paper book, but it's like, you don't really have to, I don't know, there's like not activities in it necessarily. You know, it's, it's very different from the AP pacing book. Like one of the very first things that we were trained with is like excerpts from Karl Marx. It's like the Communist Manifesto. It's like the it's like the one of the first things that they showed us. And I'm pretty sure Ronald DeSantis has not looked at that part of the ACE curriculum. But the thing is, like if AP isn't safe, then ACE isn't safe. Nothing I, safe. Nothing safe. We're just going to keep removing stuff from classrooms. So going well, they're going to replace it with some Hillsdale version, but we don't know. Yeah, so, so what's going to happen is our students are going to get inferior courses with inferior learning materials, and they're not going to have professionals in the room because people like me who are passionate in the subject, who will actually want to teach it to its fullest capacity, I'm going to leave. I'm going, I'm going to pursue my PhD so I can have a quote unquote title that is respected, unlike teachers apparently, and then leave this state because this state does not care, does not want professional teachers. They want a cop with a handgun in a classroom that can put a computer program in front of the kids. So speaking of leaving, Philip, can you fill us in in your life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you can hear the echo in the room because there's less items in it because most of them are in boxes at this point. I am looking for actively looking for jobs elsewhere and um, out of the state, right? So as this conversation has been going on with like the AP and all the laws passed and everything, like, I find it hilarious because a lot of the a lot of the jobs I'm applying for are on the other coast of the United States. They're all in uh, Oregon, so like kind of the Portland area. And uh, I've taken interviews, I've done interviews already, and they always ask, how do you include diversity in your classroom? Um, they ask, how do you um, how do you demonstrate being an anti-racist in your classroom? And these are like, like screening questions. Like these are like right out of the gate. Like how do you make sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe and welcome and that you address like systemic disparities in your classroom? Because if you don't do that, we don't want you. That's like the number one question. So don't read the Florida standards to them. Do not read the Florida standards. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I, I mean, I included that in my interview. They were like, um, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, demonstrate being an anti-racist in your classroom? 
And I was like, I had to laugh because if you're reading this application and if you're, you know, looking at the rest of my application, you know that I'm applying from Florida and it's not doing well down here. Like it's not a good situation. <laughs> and I got called back from them just like a few hours. So I, I submitted my responses and then the principal called me back in a few hours. Um, that so, principal is trying to save you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> Could you elaborate about why you're leaving? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's been a long time coming really. I mean, I've, I've talked about it and, and, you know, half, half jokingly joked about it on the podcast, but I guess nail in the coffin here is my rent went up again. So I'm at, I'm currently the room we're sitting in is a a $1,600 a month, one bedroom that is like what a hundred feet from 275 i have to listen to it every night just want to kind of clarify that because just to tell people how congested the state is becoming and how much things are right rising right? right the rent prices are out of control the, the the house prices are out of control this area in particular so um this is this is a bit of like local stuff i guess so if you're listening from outside the tampa bay area this might not be particularly interesting but um, the, the inflation in the Tampa Bay area, I think has at one point was calculated. And I think it's probably still close to it. The real inflation, including rent and all the other indexes that aren't always included is around 30%. You know, I mean, I can say that two years ago, uh, or three years ago when I first started teaching, I was paying 1100 for a two bedroom in a very similar neighborhood, right? Just across town. Yeah. Now here I am paying 1600 for a one bedroom and it's only going up. My salary's not going up. No. We're not getting paid more. No. You know, and even when when raises from contracts do come through, they're not equal to the price of inflation. Plus, you know, groceries and everything else is is out of whack here. Gas um, as well. Pick yeah. it. I know you and your wife have been looking for a house and there was a house across the street from where I'm at right now. And uh, I looked it up and they wanted almost half a million dollars for it. Makes and sense. It, it's like a one bedroom bungalow that is almost literally under the overpass. And um, somebody had gone in and looked at it and told me <laughs> that the building is infested with termites. You know, it's, you know, they like to say with these old buildings here in St. Pete that they're only being held together by the termites holding hands <laughs> and infested with termites it said there was a garage on the property that just fell down the city had to come and condemn and bulldoze it so like that's a half a million dollar home yeah. here in this in this neighborhood well you're buying the plot of land i was talking to a realtor because i live in safety harbor and over the course of six years we've watched the property value go like triple up there so there's a two bedroom two bath in like this very busy street in safety harbor about 800 square feet 900 square feet it's going for $400,000. Yeah. So like the other part of why I'm leaving is, I mean, all these things considered, right? Uh, I was very, very fortunate, very, very privileged to be selected for a residency at the New York Public Library in New York City. Um, all expenses paid, uh, you know, they, they put me up. We stayed uh, right next to the library, so in midtown Manhattan. And we got to work with experts in fields of like Afrofuturism, you know, indigenous representation in media, feminism and sci-fi, all stuff Ron DeSantis would hate. It would make his head explode. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't teach that. Here. Yeah, no. Um, amazing, incredible experience. I met so many teachers. Uh, you know, there were 16 of us total from all over the country, plus the, the staff and New York City. Um, some of the teachers there were teaching in New York City. They're not all from New York City, but some of them teach in New York City. And um, when they would hear me talk about just like regular Florida stuff, they were like, how much are you paying for rent in Florida? Are you kidding me? And they, they were like, you can get an apartment in Brooklyn for that. And they pulled it up on Zillow. They showed me there's neighborhoods that are like, here's a one bedroom, 1500. Here's here's a, a studio, you know, 16 in like a nicer neighborhood or whatever. They were like, and you're getting paid 
$50,000. New York City teachers start at $75,000 a year. They start at $75,000 a year and rent is the same. Is that where I'm going next? <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Do I it. Mean, you need a master's degree and there's programs to kind of get you roped into that as as you're, you know, working towards it or whatever. And I haven't really looked into it too much, to be honest, because I've, I've kind of got this Oregon thing on the on the burner here. But I mean, when New York City teachers are like shocked at how much you're paying for rent in town, nobody's ever heard of Florida for termites, like a termite box. It's like, <laughs> you know, when they say it, yeah, it sounds crazy. But because I live it every day and, and it's like just on repeat, I don't really notice it. So, um yeah, I mean, it's just just one thing after another. You know, I was trying to do the Space Force thing. Unfortunately, surprise, surprise, the English teacher didn't do well in the math section of the no. test. So I am going to retake it, though. I'm determined to not let the dream die. Um, so I'm going to retake the the officer's exam and just kind of see what happens with that just to close that that plot line for he, myself. He will become a space marine. <laughs> I believe it. I have total faith in I him. I know. I will. I want to try to at least uh, at least say I could join the Space Force if I wanted to. But I am going to... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm going to try to, to try to get a, a job teaching or otherwise out on the other coast. Um, and I, I told all you guys before, and the way that I describe kind of like my summer, cause I did New York city, then I went out to Oregon and then, uh, you know, we did a little layover in Vegas, um, which was a mistake cause it was like 120 degrees every day, but being away for, for so long, being away for like three weeks, you know, if you give an animal an enclosure big enough, they don't know that they're in a cage. So the way that I felt when I went to the opposite corner of the country is I saw the walls of the cage and I don't want to be in it anymore. So coming back to a rent increase, coming back to it, now we have to teach slavery was good, actually. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't call kids by the names that they want to use, all this stuff. I was like, this is, I'm banging my head against the wall. I have to leave. All right. We're going to take a little break and we get back. We're going to talk about the school board. So stick around, guys. Hey, guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's public schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F-Y-R-E, pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. I'm going to bring this to school. Is it a gun? There's a knife. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's scarier. He's British. He's actually British now. And we're back, and we brought back our favorite hobbit. Say what up. What up? 
<laughs> Kelsey Donigan's with us too. Oh, the school board. I always, am I Mary or Pippin? I always forget. No, Does the podcast? I think I'm Mary. You're Mary. Oh, you're Mary. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Pippin. I'm yeah, Pippin. you're Pippin. Wait. But we're here with our good friend Kelsey because we're back on the uh, school board train. And on August first, that was our first school board of the season of the of the school season. We call it. And uh, I wasn't. Funny enough, I wasn't there because of some stupid stuff i actually made it into the building i got a call i had to go home so i, I wasn't there for it but i did watch the entire thing on stream mm. um ramsey kelsey anna and Rizel. Rizel. Rizel was there before me yeah lee was also there lee yep a lot of pcta representation yeah so unfortunately i wasn't there but i did watch it and this might have been the craziest school board meeting i've ever witnessed it was yeah. the rumble in the jungle there were so many moms for liberty and we knew it was going to be that way yes. we like our union warmed up warned us beforehand jamie sent a text out just trying to rally some people i felt nervous i showed up a little early actually i was like out and about and i decided to stop there before i went home just to see if there was anyone in the parking lot or anything doing any, like, to see if the Moms for Liber- Liberty were doing anything. And I Sign didn't holding. see them. Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of nervous. So I, just, I stopped by. I didn't see anything. And then I went home and got some stuff. And I went back. And, yeah, it was a pretty full room. Um, it was scary. Um, we'll get to what you said later on. But, I mean, I was sitting at my computer chair watching it. And I was saying to myself, I am so happy I'm not there. Because it looked actually kind of hostile to yeah. be there. Yeah, there was a lot more of um, people in the audience just like talking and like saying things back to the speakers, like two people while Heckling. they were doing. Yeah, you Heckling. can hear it on the, yeah. on the actual live call. Yeah, yeah. then like I think any of the other ones I've been to. <sighs> yeah, there was a lot of disrespect that was taking place. And I would say this is probably, you know, there was a lot of people causing a disruption, there was a lot of threats being made um to school board members and to audience members so it was just it was a really bad time i had i had my hands in my face the guy next to me he was i don't know if he was m4l adjacent but he, yes he, he was yeah he was you know they weren't directly with them but they were well, like not the guy not the people you're i know you guys were oh. referring to there was another guy next to me he was shaking his hands when one of the m4l um individuals uh, said something but when they went on their tirades and he was like, yeah, this is too much for me. And he walked out. Shaking your hands is to show support in the school board because you cannot clap or make noise. But apparently those rules didn't really matter. No, I kept on waiting for someone to say something because it felt like it was getting a lot. And that one cop, there was the guy sitting to the right of us. At one point, he did stand up and then sit back down. Yeah. Um, because the people behind us were just like making full, like they were talk, they were being loud. And then when I told them to stop talking so loud, they like took it really personally and were being babies about it. They like, anytime they heard anyone else behind them talk, they would be like, Hey, tell them to be quiet, like bothering us, you oh know? God. Yeah. And like you were telling them to be quiet because they were talking they were being, at the people who were currently speaking. They were being actively disrespectful. They were not whispering. They were speaking normal volume while other people were talking during the public comment at those people in response to what they were saying. And they were telling you to tell people who were quiet, who were just like who were quietly talking to each other. Whispering silently to the person yeah. next to them. What was the school board meeting about, guys? Oh, yeah. Let's okay. just get to so that. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. so like... 
the things that we did, uh, they approved a mental health assistance allocation plan. They approved some expenditure of referendum funds, which included a building, something related to a building that Mark didn't like. Um, <laughs> and they approved the calendar and special obser- observance dates for 2024-2025. And then our superintendent talked for a while. It was interesting. All the um, things they approved were unanimous as well. It yes. was all unanimous. It was all about just like how to spend money and then dates yeah. on a calendar. Yeah. But then there was a talk about the Prager U stuff. Yeah. What is really centered around. Yeah. So basically Hendricks went over some like general stuff. Um, he talked about the African American history standards for a while and how like our our district has been named as ex- exemplary in authentic teaching of African American history and we are committed to accurate and rigorous teaching. Um, and then each of the school board members, not all of them actually, Long, Heim, and Edmund each talked about a few different things. Um, but yeah, Edmonds was the Prager, Prager U stuff, right? Oh, you know what? I want to talk about Edmund real fast. This is one of my highlights. Yeah. Was Edmund did the most political stuff I've ever seen a school member do, and it was brilliant yeah, i love politics i love politics and that to me i was watching i was like oh my god the mind game she's doing right now yeah that was um honestly like round of applause for a uh, school board member uh edmund you're amazing thank you for for what you're doing um because i know you have our back you know everybody else here and there but i know long edmund, has our back shout lo- out to long too. yeah long yeah. too yeah. long too but Edmund, like, special thank you to you because you're amazing. So what she did, this is what I understand, is she wants to draft a letter with the letterhead from the school board, which means she has to get unanimous approval from all the school board members who want to sign their name onto the letterhead. And she was asking everyone and had to be approved um, if they would sign a letter addressing the Prager U standards and requesting that the Florida Department of Education will reconsider and reevaluate the standards that were approved from Prager U. All of them. All of them. Because these PragerU standards are very controversial. For example, there's the standard floating around that um, uh, slaves learned skills that took them places later on in life. You know, they were interns, right? They weren't they weren't property. They were interns, right? This is the kind of stuff that Florida wants to teach people. It's insane, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's absolutely false. As a philosopher, historian, you know, somebody who actually cares about the truth and facts. This is a false narrative that they're trying to promote here in Florida, and I refuse to teach it. And so she like proposed this, and then our lawyer friend, Mr. Kopensky, I think, yes, um, David, told us that. Yeah, he told us that in order for it to be on the official letterhead, they have to have agreement from all of them. And if they did not get unanimous agreement from all of them, that in the letter they need to be like very specific about who the letter was from. So this is why it's political. Basically, she asked every single person on the board if they agree that they should reevaluate the racist. I'm gonna say it: the racist standards mm-hmm. um, from Prageru. Everyone that we like, for example, said yes. We will sign the letter review. Well, not well, exactly. Not, not there exactly. Were some soft yeses. There were some, some soft, very. But it was a, a soft yes is still a yes. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of politically neutral yes. diplomatic responses, yes. which I can respect. Except, except for Long. Another Long, shout out yeah. to Long because Long was the first person to speak after she proposed it and she said i'm in everyone is equal i am i'm on to your letter and 
then after that, Heim, Cook, Kane gave like their their own political ans- answers. Yes, and then Myers said absolutely nothing. Myers said nothing. She well, yeah, <laughs> saying nothing was better than what Don and Peter then said. Don, go back to school because what you did was stupid. I could not believe that she. <laughs> Sat there and admitted, she's like, well, I'd have to read the standards to, How like, you- know what I'm... What is your job? Well, what have if- you... What have you been doing? These standards have been out for like How a minute now. How are you coming to a school board meeting? But it was right not be- just her. The other ones afterwards did also say, like, when they were giving their answer, Haim and Cook and Kane, I think, all did, like, say we didn't really finish reading They it. said that, yeah, they, they said they didn't finish it. I, I, I do remember Long saying um, it is, like, <laughs> lengthy, the, the standards, but the impression I got from Peters was that she had not even, even looked, at, like, it looked once. at it. The way she delivered this proposal, it was definitely a... It, when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, you're basically admitting if you're a racist or not. That's really what it was. Yeah, It's like, you're going to either say, yeah, it's almost, it was an ultimatum kind of decision. Like, you're going to say, yes, slaves were treated okay and learned skills. I, or you're going to say, you know, no, we should reevaluate this stuff. Excellent play. Caprice, my, my hat is off to you. I was screaming in my bedroom as soon as you said that stuff. I was screaming. My wife had to come in and say, what are you screaming about? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Caprice is killing it right now. I was freaking out. Caprice Edmund, you get a based award, personally, from me, Mr. Aziz. <laughs> I just can't believe this is even in a, con- a conversation right now. This is the most unhinged, <laughs> like, it, it's akin to Holocaust denial. Yep. It's, it's... Yep such a revision of history that uh, man there's fantasy books that are that are more historically accurate than the the ideas that DeSantis yeah. is promoting with us yeah philip k dick's uh, man in the high castle is uh, better than <laughs> than what's going on here in florida <laughs> i would recommend legend of dritz it's a dnd novel uh, i've never, yeah, never read good. that one and like even the people that they're referencing in who who these slaves were who benefited from these skills supposedly big quotations around everything i just said um none of them were i think one i think one of them was like a slave for briefly early on in life but none of them were even actually slaves their parents were slaves but like they they did reference specific people who had skills None of whom were even slaves. And these standards, are we just going to skip around sharecropping and, you know, segregated schools? Or the the continued history of segregation and uh, systemic racism. That, oh, man. We're going to skip over all that and then we'll get to civil rights eventually. Yeah. 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 Edmund called them vague and offensive. Good quote. Yeah. So there was that. And is there anything else addressed by the school board? Um, a few of them gave us kind of well wishes for the year. And then they had a budget meeting. Um, just like the one, there were a couple notable things, not from the budget thing, but when Long was talking, just like general wishing an excellent school year, at one point she said, every child in your room is your child, yes. which provoked like a whole bunch of like oh no oh no no from like the moms for liberty and the audience 20 years ago that would have been like totally fine and i think parents would have agreed with that five years ago, which i thought five and when it happened i thought it was very confusing and like i noticed like the people who said it and i was wondering like i do really want to know do i ask them and like it did like they talked about it during the public comment later 
Um, I was in the group chat. I was like, why the, Why did she stop talking? Why is there one? I couldn't hear what was, what was going on in the background. Yeah. That's why I was like blowing up the group chat. Well, what the first person in public comment said, um, he said, uh, we don't co-parent with you. And the the Moms for Liberty did their like, yes, yeah, that's it thing. I, Eileen um, Long was saying that teachers foster a community in their classroom where they have a relationship with their kids that is in like it is undeniable to say every single person who's grown up in this country can point to at least one teacher who helped them or was a role model or bent like had a good healthy mentorship relationship with them i know maybe it's harder for you guys to feel this because you're in your second year maybe you did have a really great connection with students last year but there are children who I have taught in the seven years I've been a teacher who I feel really, really close to. Like, I feel like they're my child sometimes. Mm -hmm. And again, it's really ridiculous that I'm going to be painted as a specific kind of person by a certain group because I'm, I'm bonding with a child and, and, and mentoring them. That's what it is. It's a mentorship. And the, and I, and the moms for Liberty heard Eileen say, I'm going to steal your children away in the night. Like the Pied Piper. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, it's so frustrating because like, you know, we as educators, we're here to educate. I'm not here to raise your kid. You know, that's your job. You're, you're, it's your job or as the parent to, you know, teach them right from wrong and teach them many different values. I'm here to educate them. But at the same time, I spend a lot of time with my students, you know, in class for club activities, for mentoring when they come to ask me advice, for tutoring. So you you do build those connections. I have my students who I'm like, yeah, this is my protege. I hope that when they graduate, they go and they be successful. And if they ever need anything in the future that they can ask me because I'm an adult with experience uh, with certain things in life, for example, college and how college works. And, you know, what do I pick as, you know, my field of study? Do I pick what I'm passionate about or what makes me more money? So like, you know, we build these connections with these, these children and these parents are like, oh yeah, they're, we're, we're not, we're never co-parenting. I don't want to have kids. My goal is to not have kids in my life, you know, but I feel, you know, this connection with my students because I care about them in the sense that I want to see them succeed. And not every parent, you know, has that understanding of what college is like or what uh, the, the current modern world or contemporary world looks like. You know, they're living in their old traditional views or maybe they never even left the, the six uh, blocks of their town. So I want to provide these students like with a way out. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about how we were going to have to like talk about this at least a little bit and none of us are parents so we don't actually have that parent representation here so parents um, like we don't actually know we don't we don't have that experience and other people like do but like I just like yeah I also I there are these kids and we form these relationships with them and it's meaningful and like that's that's that and like it's it doesn't have to be a weird thing like they're trying to make that look weird weird they're trying to make it look yeah um the public comment like nightmare let's go so basically what it was i just want to amplify the one i only had one person down who said anything that was not related to moms for liberty 
um, or like the book banding banning stuff, just the one, only one. Um, and it was Cynthia, and she talked about how all instructional staff developers were told at the end of last year that they would most likely be put back in the classroom. And she seemed very upset about it and the way that she and her coworkers were treated. Um, so that was like the only thing that was said, I think, that was not related to like Moms for Liberty in some way. And that's actually big news in the district because of the teacher shortage. Um, we have a lot of staff developers with it who work with the district to help develop curriculum and their coaches, literary coaches. They work one-on-one with kids. So what ended up happening was they were all sent back to the classroom. Aside from that, yeah. the public comment was like a nightmare of Moms for Liberty reading uh, segments of books with no context just to be like, ooh, these are the books that are in the classroom right now. You need to get rid of them. Or and the I, library. Yeah, whatever. Not the library even in the or the classroom, classroom or taught, whatever. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I was like writing down the list of these books and I just kind of stopped after a while because it's just like what is the it's nonsense yeah there isn't a point like it's they're basically saying ban book ban, ban all books okay so and they look, keep they keep adamantly one of the things you might not have heard in the the recording is when they were sitting right in front of us every time someone said they were trying to ban books um they kept whispering to each other what, no one's banning books. That's not what this is. This isn't banning books. <laughs> yeah, their their minds are broken. They're they're it's Plato. They're, they're true believers. It's that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. It, you know what they there was a speaker that came on that called them out for what it was, and I, I agreed wholeheartedly with this person. They keep referring to these excerpts from novels they're reading. So what they're doing is they're reading out like sexual assault, rape incest like it's very hard stuff they're reading it and they keep calling it pornography yeah and someone a speaker did come up eventually this is good and they said this isn't what we consider pornography this is heavy stuff like if you're yeah. finding this to be pornography you're the sick person yeah yeah it's it's either like you have well these what they were saying is like you could be the sexual abuser. The other thing that I was thinking of, you also could have been sexually abused and like not process that or something, yeah. you know, which is super sad to think about. But like, yeah, it is not pornography. And if you think about that, like you, you probably need help if you think that that is pornography. And there was a contradiction that was taking place during this, you know, uh, during this uh, uh, school board meeting where we had one individual uh, who was an M4L that said that, Yes, I I had been you know sexually assaulted um, when that I was a child, but no book ever helped me. And then a couple you know speeches down the line, we had another person who said the exact opposite that they were sexually assaulted, but when they read that book, it, it like you know it helped them. You know, it's like this this pattern that you see come up again and again that like these people think that certain things are irrefutably true and they are my experience mm -hmm. and these other experiences don't matter as much or something like that. Like it doesn't fall into their narrative of the world. They were in the same room as I was and they heard those same stories from other people. And like, they are still so firm in what they believe because they think they are right. That's a really good way of describing it is that their experiences are the only valid experiences and everyone else will get out of the way. And I can't help but think that these are people who have never experienced the sensation of reading a book, particularly a fiction book, 
and the something that the author says or happens in the book or displayed is displayed in a way that so profoundly connects to you and the very just specific experience or feeling or idea that you've had before that you felt maybe you didn't fully realize you weren't fully conscious of it maybe uh you didn't process it all the way or maybe you felt totally alone and no one else could ever think or feel this way and that feeling of connection to the rest of humanity because here someone wrote it down 10 years ago a hundred years ago a thousand years ago it's validity your 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 feelings are valid yes and that's what moms for liberty has a problem with of course I can think off the top of my head, so many books that have helped me, whether they're fiction, nonfiction, self-help, philosophy, and it's just like baffling to me. In my, in my own thoughts, they've never read a book. They're claiming that they have, but they've never done it just for the pure sake of reading a book. I was going to say the good book. They only read the good book, but God <laughs> knows they have not read the Bible either. Or what's potentially even more beneficial in my in my view is reading something that you have absolutely no experience that is completely alien and foreign to anything that you ever have or live or will live in your life and being able to have empathy and understanding for that situation or whatever it is better because you you grew with a character and you find out what happens to them in chapter 13 and you understand why their actions would be or how they would feel this way. And like, if you've never dealt with heavy issues like systemic racism or sexual assault or any of it, it can help you have empathy. I don't think there's anything better for growing empathy and perspective other than traveling than reading fiction or or nonfiction, just reading it all. Amen to that, man. But what they want to happen to our kids is watch TikTok, work in the office, uh, make more money. Uh, that's eat hot th- chip. Eat hot chip. Look at Snapchat. <laughs> you know they they want our children to be dumbed down, to not be cr- critical thinkers, not to be creative thinkers, to not to have their own opinions. But I to don't think piece. that's true. I I, I don't know. Man. I th- I don't think they that's what they want. I think. They're misguided, but I do I do think they think they're right and they're hoping for the best, but... So the only thing I would, just like thinking about it and the only thing I would want to say or clarify about it is I, I, I saw the moms making the videos and I'm not necessarily saying that like Stephanie Meyer and Don Peters like were hand in hand in on them making these videos. Like, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter either way because we know that they have not disavowed these groups in any way and if slash when they are used i don't see them um standing against it in any way Hmm. um but like also like she she could have been she could have it could have been a planned thing i don't know they were also called out by name by so many of the Moms for Liberty. They said, Stephanie Myers, Don Peters, they thank were. you so much for... And it's so surreal to hear them, like, almost in tears at the rest of them saying, like, you are disgusting, you're vile, you need to resign. They were threatening them. They like, were oh. threatening them politically. That was... It was, like, really... Oh, yeah, saying we can get you removed. We yeah, Knock on doors. Yeah, we're going to campaign against you, and we've done it before, and we are successful at that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. We're going to take another quick break, and when we get back, we're going to do our base awards. So stick around. 
Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back, and we're here to end on something light. <laughs> Welcome to the Base Awards, where something is either agreeable or respectable. Hell yeah. And Mr. Ramsey Aziz? Yeah, so my Based Award is, you know, it's going to be partly for myself, partly for my family. Um, so I've been living in an apartment. I kind of just randomly got it when I moved up here. If you don't already know from the lore... Uh, I kind of moved up here on a whim uh, because I wanted to get the hell out of Miami, uh, which was has been the best decision I've ever made. While there's some things I miss of Miami, I'm so glad because I've met this wonderful group of people. But the apartment that I was living in is, I won't say exactly like, but it was pretty much like the apartment in Spider-Man 2, you know, Tobey Maguire <laughs> Spider-Man. It was, you know, it wasn't that nice, you know? It, it wasn't the worst. It's not that bad, but... I felt like it was that bad. So I would never have people over. I'd, like, you know, I, it just wasn't the... I, I, I wouldn't want anyone to come over to my place. Who's the villain from Spider-Man 2? Octo... Doc, Doc Ock. Doc Ock, yeah. yeah Doc, Doc Ock. Ock? Who's yeah. your Doc Ock? Who's my Doc Ock? Somebody, somebody who I... Who inspires me. And I respect tremendously. But, but also... They're also trying to kill you? They're also trying to kill me. <sighs> Damn. Kelsey? What? <laughs> Your honestly, honestly, <laughs> do, honestly, Doc Ock could, Kel, Donnie could be my Doc Ock, you know, because we fight one another, but then I have so much respect for him. But we also argue so, so much uh, on like different topics, you know, like does altruism exist? We're not going to start that here, but like, you know, that, that's, yes. that's like one That'll of our be a separate things. episode. That will be a separate episode. But yeah, so. My apartment, my family came over uh, in July and for like kind of like my birthday, we decided to work on the apartment, paint it, make it nicer. I got a little bit of like, you know, nicer furniture and I, I really cleaned the place up. I got a, I took my mattress off the floor, got a new mattress and got a, got an actual bed frame. I <laughs> painted it a, like, you know, a turquoise blue color. So my place feels like, like a home now, you know, it's not like just a like toby mcguire spider-man uh, apartment <laughs> so that's my based award based to my family thank you mom you helped me a lot uh thank you lugo you also you were there you didn't paint but you did finance this whole escapade i had no money so it was very very helpful for that and they helped me start it but i ended up finishing it and i think i did a we did a great job of painting the place that's so cool yeah all right done again my based award goes to Mark Clutho. Clutho. Mark Clutho. Treebeard himself. He got like nine minutes of talking the that other guy, day. That guy's something else, I swear. He is. <laughs> and I know people, particularly the Moms for Liberty, really rip on this guy. And 
<laughs> I mean, the tree beard thing is so like accurate because he really is he shows up and he goes i'm on no one's side because no one's on my side he's um i don't know if i can put this on air but he's one step away from ted kaczynski but no no no, 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 no he really is no okay kelsey <laughs> um and like the the we always joke that like he hates buildings but he doesn't hate hate buildings he hates inefficient building design lazy design and i he's never wrong He's not. I, I agree. I agree. Um, he even called out our school because it is directly facing the sun in the morning. And and him calling out Clearwater High. It, yeah, absolutely. Why would you build in Florida? You're going to build a brand new school. You're not going to install any solar panels in it at all in a state that has sunshine like 250 days a year or something like that. He did um, say the other night that he did not look at the plans, but he <laughs> did not have to because he knew they were going to be bad. He will never look at those plans. I mean, he's right. <laughs> A bunch of, like, uh, east-facing windows yep. that's going to heat the building up. It, it is, it, it, the design isn't thought for the environment around it. No. He, he's accurate. He yeah. is 100% accurate, but I will say, you know, and he's the type of guy who says, source, my own mind. I saw it in a dream. <laughs> These <laughs> newspaper clippings. <laughs> and the reason I give him my base award is because month after month, he shows up there ready to go. He knows, you know, a lot of people in there I'm don't want to listen for to the him Mark talk, break. and he does not care. We need to have an episode with Mark Clutho. I oh, yeah. This is a necessary episode. Well, he did tell our union president, Lee Bryant, that he'll never shake the hand of a man who wears a suit. I saw so. that happen. I saw a different man with wearing a suit try to shake his hand. I didn't hear what he said exactly, but I did watch him turn down the handshake and explain some words to yeah, this man. He had told Lee, I don't shake hands of men who wear suits in Florida. <laughs> his motivations are beyond our understanding. And <laughs> He's I respect a man. that. I want to read his manifesto when he writes it. <laughs> Anna, what is your based award? So my based award is for Shannon. Um, I think probably again. I don't know if I've given her a based award before. Probably she's but, very based. Yeah, she's so based. Um, I like I said at the school board meeting, I've been very nervous about before like these past couple weeks thinking about going back to school. I've just been kind of like, I'm just going to do everything the same that I did last year and it'll be fine. I'll see what happens or it won't be fine. I'll see what happens. Um, but as as, as it's gotten closer to school actually starting, I have gotten more nervous. Um, so now that we are on day two of work, um, it was today or yesterday. I don't know. Time isn't real. Um, but Shannon and I, <laughs> uh, she went with me to meet with an uh, administrator to talk about like, uh, we want to have the GSA club at our school and like what all the bill things and the reporting queer students to their parents sort of stuff and the pronoun stuff, like how that would affect um, having the club and how it will affect me in general and like how I won't be able to use my pronouns in the classroom and like basically just basically I just went into into the administrator's office and was like here is a pile of questions that I know that you can't answer right now but like I will need these answers before school starts 
Um, and Shannon came with me and was super helpful, and I love her so much. You didn't tell me that. That's really cool. Was that today? I think that was today. Okay, Phil is back. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Kelsey and Aziz are gone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that knife that Philip had? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I that wasn't to cut you off. Are you are you done, Anna? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty much it. Yeah, um, that is so cool. Um, Shannon, she actually offered. Um, she talked about how the Moms for Liberty like keep like a list of the people who sponsor that club and how like even though we want to do it together, that like maybe she should just be the one with the name on it. Hmm. Um, and I told her send Otto, send an email to Otto and CC me and say that it's both of us. So it's going to be both of us. But she's just so sweet, so wonderful. I, I didn't know she's going to co-sponsor uh, it with you. Yeah, it's going to be a lunch club, and we're going to have it in her room because her room's like a nice spot for a lunch club. That's awesome. That's super yeah. cool. All right. That is extremely based. Yeah. Bel Castro, you got something? Um, I guess my based award. Um, I mean, nothing particular has happened you know, quite as recently, I guess. But um, I'll give my award to Dr. Anna and Miss Rizel and uh, by extension, uh, Emily from Hillsboro as well for being my, my travel partners over the summer. Um, so uh, from, you know, the beginning of my trip, um, Emily and her family were gracious enough to give me tours of uh, Philadelphia, which I had never visited before. And um, uh, Emily's aunt and uncle have a horse farm in New Jersey. So I got to uh, meet some horses and some cool livestock out there. Ramsey really missed out on that one. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> uh, and then I stayed with, uh, with her family in Lancaster. So that was pretty cool. And then, um, uh, and then once I got to uh, Portland, after I left the New York City Library, um, I met up with Dr. Anna and Miss Rizel. And we were, we were road trip partners all around Oregon. And then, uh, and then we made our own layover in vegas just because you can't fly direct from portland to the tampa bay area and it probably was mostly a mistake but we did see the grand canyon but it was also like 112 degrees out while we were at the grand canyon yeah um but you know it was a it was like oregon was so cool i loved oregon Mm -hmm. so much i mean we we could have just done like a one day layover in vegas so i mean the thing is like I mean, we've talked about this already. Like, Vegas isn't a real place. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just Orlando with casinos. Like, it's not yeah. cool or fun. It, there's really nothing there. It's It, it already sounds better than Orlando. Well, yeah. I mean. It's so expensive to just exist there and eat and stuff. But and, like, I'm is, not into gambling. Yeah. we but, Like, nobody on our trip, like me, you, and Rizal, we don't gamble. We, yeah. we gambled $1 each at the yeah. airport as, like, a joke. And I won $5 immediately, and then I spun $5. Five yeah. more times because I didn't understand how it works. Nobody understands how <laughs> slot machines work. But the thing is, and uh, for all the teachers out there listening, um, uh, Vegas is a is a pretty cheap vacation to get to and to stay at. Yeah. Um, especially if you use your NEA member benefits, you so you got to get your NEA account and log into the member benefits section, and you get. I've gotten really good deals on hotels from there. Not so much flights or car rentals, but hotels specifically, you can get some pretty good deals from the NEA member benefits section. So another benefit to being part of your union. Um, so the idea, I mean, the idea in Vegas is that it's it's really cheap to fly there and to stay there, assuming that you'll spend all of your money elsewhere gambling. But if you just don't do that, it's a pretty cheap getaway. So right on. Thank you. So uh, Ms. Rizal, Dr. Anna and uh, Emily from HCTA, you guys are pretty based. The Antichrist <laughs> <laughs> or the Poltergeist. All so right. Pretty based.
That leaves me. Yay. Hey! Oh, and Donnegan's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anna's speech at the school board was absolutely stellar. And as I was listening to it on the live stream, I, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Oh my effing God. I was like freaking out as I was listening. It, it was almost all completely off the cuff, I feel like. I All the other times I've spoken at the school board meeting, I had something like pretty much fully written before I got there. And I honestly, like I was saying I was going to go and I knew I was going to go, but I was like really not feeling like going. So I didn't write anything for this one. And then I wrote something out while I was there during like, I think the budget meeting. Um, I had other stuff to talk about, but... I'm just going to start off by saying the reason I am here tonight was to like beg for money, right? It'd be really nice to like work and like live in the same place. Um, But all this other stuff going on, like, I feel like I need to talk about it. Um, Over and over tonight, I was watching people read these descriptions of like graphic sexual assault while people in the crowd were taking close-up videos of all of your faces like moving through to get a collection of y'all's reactions to this reading of like sexual assault and to me just from my vantage point it seems kind of like to me it feels disrespectful that maybe for some of you your coworkers are like helping these people make it look like you're not empathetic for these uh, victims of like sexual assault. Like if you know what I'm saying, like they're reading these descriptions of graphic sexual assault. And I see some certain members up here, Stephanie Meyer having these like over exaggerated clownish, sad reactions so that these people could take her video and then pan over to you, you know, and to make it seem like you're, unempathetic to this that you are somehow a bad guy here or or something like that and I watched it over and over and over again and I think it's really interesting because they do understand context and what it means to remove things from context they are reading these just like segments of a book and then they're taking these like little pictures of you yeah so they understand what they're doing they understand context they understand that like these books in the classroom when we have teachers teaching them to students, the teachers give the students these contexts. They have the rest of the book, right? And they are choosing to remove all that context. They're choosing to make these videos that make it look like you guys don't, don't care about victims. It's like really disgusting to watch. Um, besides that, I guess like today's my last day of summer break and I'm here and like I'm scared to go back to work because like, I am a trans person who uses they, them pronouns, and I can't say that in my classroom. But my cis uh, coworkers can introduce themselves with their pronouns. And that's like a pretty, to me, clear-cut example of like gender-based discrimination that like I have to deal with in this upcoming year. And the people who like really hate me for this are the people who crowd here and like read these things. So, like, I waited to give you the slip to come up here and talk because, like, I'm afraid of those people and I know that they're going to leave after they're done talking because it's what they do. They don't actually care about any of this. They're just, like, distracting. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks. And then we started public comment and I got so upset by what I was seeing that I wrote, like, some more stuff. And then I was like, okay, it's time for me to talk and I have a lot of things written down here. So I'm just going to kind of, like... See what happens.
And I'm going to plug the PCTA um, Instagram. I think we're going to probably try to post that on the Instagram so people can mm -hmm. see it. So if you are interested in watching the full speech, I am going to talk to Carla and get that onto the Instagram as soon as possible. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard um, about Anna's speech until today, until you guys started talking about it during the recording. Um, I, I, you guys already know, but I, I turned off the school board meeting. I was watching the live stream as well from home while I was cooking my dinner. And uh, it was just just vitriol after vitriol after vitriol it was yeah. just such negativity such nasty people and i wasn't even in the room so i didn't even hear like all the really out of context you know quote unquote pornographic things that they were saying which i think is when they were like cutting the mics and i was just like i you know again stacking up all the things that make me want to leave this state possibly leave teaching in general i was like i cannot listen to this this is so nasty so negative so anti-teacher anti-education anti-public schools this is not how I want to eat my dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anna's speech, extremely based, so based that when I was at the Eugene Hall yesterday, everyone was still talking about it. It's awesome. So, keep doing what you're doing. We love to have you on our team. Thanks. That and, was great. And <laughs> Thanks. I think, I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's the show today, guys. So, it's a long one. But, have a great day. I'm Brennan Pickett. I'm Kelsey Donegan. Castro. I'm Dr. Anna Marchiata. Like to remind our listeners that the Pinellas County School Board has scheduled upcoming meetings for the following dates: August 22nd, September 26th, October 10th, and November 14th at 10 a.m as well as August 1st, September 12th, and October 24th at 5 p.m. It is of utmost importance for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and actively advocate for public education. We would also like to emphasize that the PCTA is currently engaged in negotiations to secure higher salaries for our dedicated professionals. Your presence and voice at these meetings can have a significant impact in helping us achieve our demands and foster a better educational environment for all stakeholders in our public schools. We extend a special thank you to Phil Belcastro for providing our captivating theme music and Artifact for contributing fantastic tracks during our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. Furthermore, we want to express a heartfelt gratitude to our dedicated staffers at PCTA, Jamie Beck and Brian Bowden, our esteemed executive director, Lindsay Blankenbaker, PCTA president, Lee Bryan, PESPA president, Nellie Henez, and all of our supporters within the podcast community. Your unwavering support and dedication has been instrumental in keeping us motivated for the challenges ahead. That's it for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. Peace out, guys.